0: Hi, welcome to The Cottage. We are a lively outpouring of an exciting adventure into God's riches glories in Christ Jesus. We really work to activate an excitement for the kingdom of God as it is in the now until it comes into its fullness. We invite you to our sessions to explore the heights and depths of God's love in a fuller bandwidth. I'm Dr. Ken, the pastor of a small independent church seeking to return to the Lord's zeal in times where apathy and lethargy rule the day of the complacent. We try to shake things up and offer a temporary home as we travel this sod until we reach higher ground and connect into the everlasting life from above here on the earth as it is in heaven. For more information, you can email us at thecottage at dken.cc That is thecottage at d-k-e-n dot c Ah, Welcome back to the college. We're continuing our spiritual discipline series, laying the foundation in an introductory
1: way to a better understand how Christ is leading us. We return to the great commandment in Luke chapter 12, verse 32, where Jesus offered us
0: more to seek first the kingdom rather than the things of this world. And we talked about this previously. And we're returning to our roots, and trying to understand that Jesus wants us
1: to experience more. Yet we find
0: ourselves more or less the same.
1: This morning, I want to try to get to Luke chapter twelve. I've got a lot of ground to cover, uh, and the title of the message is more or less the same. And let's. Look at that, we're doing a series on spiritual disciplines and I haven't got to them yet because I'm just trying to warm you up to the idea because people uh, find that term to be uh, very difficult but it's practices for practicing the presence of God in our midst and so this morning in Sunday school we were in John 14 where we left off last week and Jesus says, you know where I'm going you know the way in verse 4 and Thomas says, no we don't (laughs) Show us the way! And then in the famous verse 6 that we all know, Jesus said, I am the way. The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but me. But Jesus is trying to get us to the Father. That's what we've been talking about. And these are practices to get us there. But see, Thomas in verse 5, and we always pick on doubting Thomas. But Thomas in verse 5 says, But we don't know. We don't know. And so that's the problem. We don't know. Why don't we know? So I'm trying to get you a connection point in this long series that we're going to do before we even dive into what they are. And I kind of introduced a little bit of them in Sunday school. But it's connecting with more of Christ like we talked out of John 15. Being connected, that connectivity. How great is God? We've seen that song, right? How great there are. How great is God? Think about calamity. Think about things that come. Don't they stop us dead in our tracks? You know, you're driving, God forbid, and have an accident. That stops you. Dead in your tracks. All these things that are coming against us. All this stuff we're facing. This, as I said in the thank you letter, this slew of adversity that's pouring out upon us. And Paul faced so much of that. When I wrote about Paul in my master's thesis, I, I described him like Rocky Balboa. He just kept getting hit and falling down, but what did he do? He got up. He only knew one thing. Just get up. That's it. I just have to get up. I have to get up and get through the end. And so, we need someone in our corner, though, when we're in this fight, when we take a stool, to kind of clean us up a little bit and kind of give us a few points. And so, we need to understand that that's what this is all about. And in continuing John chapter 14, what does Jesus then say next? After he's telling him, he says, I'm going away, and you're not happy about that. But the helper of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. And Dad prayed that this morning in Sunday school. Remembering what God has taught us. Like I said, calamity stops us dead in our tracks. My question is, why doesn't God stop us in our tracks? Today we can't see the sun. It's shining. Everybody says, the sun's not shining today. It sure is. (laughs) Because if it stops, we're all dead. (laughs) It's shining, you just can't see it because the clouds are in the way. But it's shining. Do we ever get stopped at our tracks? I told them in Sunday school. This whole, my relationship with Jesus Christ is, is so much exemplified in my relationship with my wife. That's what a man told me one time. He said, you will not understand God and his love for you until you get married and have children. When you have children, you'll understand what it means to be a father. He said, when you have a wife, you'll understand what it means to love and be loved by one. And God loves us so much. I traveled the world preaching the Gospels, going here and there, doing this and that. And she stopped me dead in my tracks. Calamity will stop us. But Alicia, sorry Alyssa, but Alicia stopped me dead in my tracks. What about Jesus? Does Jesus stop you dead in your tracks? You ever get caught up in Jesus? I mean, we keep praying. I just want to be reunited with my wife. And Ed keeps praying. We just want to be reunited with Christ. He's coming. She's coming. The visa's coming. They're coming. But at the same time, what about experiencing God's presence now? So that when calamity strikes and we get stopped dead in our tracks, say, wait a minute. There's something greater that can stop me even more so. In my tracks. The goodness and gracious of God. We don't know, Thomas, we don't know, but listen, I'm gonna give you the Holy Ghost, and you will know by your time with the Holy Ghost. The Father is in heaven. Where's God? He's up there. Where's is Jesus? Jesus is up there. I usually ask these questions of Shirley but I'm giving her a break today. She had a you know, all that hot dog she made for us. Praise God. Give her a break. <laughs> One of Dad's favorite preachers always said, Hot dog! There you go. (laughs) She just put him in a crock pot. The Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you because as the Father and Son are up there, the Holy Ghost is here with us. You want the answers, get the ghost.
0: Happy, holy, Halloween. Get the right ghost.
1: You want the answers, get the ghost. Because he will teach you, he will lead you, he will guide you, he will comfort you. The Holy Ghost is with you and in you, as we talked about last week. The Holy Ghost is with you all the way. And will tell you, go here, go there, do this, do that. If we spend time with the Holy Ghost to understand that voice. To understand, I admit my wife says that it 's very difficult to understand other people talking in English. It takes time for it to understand, and I know it takes time for me to understand people on the phone with a different accent. You guys get it all the time. I remember my laptop was dying over there I had a Dell laptop was dying over there, and I said I had to get a hold of Dell. To try to get it fixed and say, well, that was easy. You guys made a local call. I was over there in India. (laughs) Just a local call. You're probably calling the guy down the street. (laughs) Trying to understand somebody on the phone with a different accent is kind of hard. But if you give time with that person, then you can start making out what they're saying. Maybe you're finally starting to make out what I'm saying. I don't know. I have no idea. Most people are like, what did he just say? Are you still there? She's looking for the dinosaurs there. <coughs> he will teach you all things so that you got the Holy Ghost. You got this. We don't know. Thomas says we don't Thomas is being honest. Thomas is doubting no in the bad sense no. Thomas is being honest. I just don't know. <laughs> But see, Thomas got to experience Christ powerfully when he says, I don't know, but can I see him? And Jesus said, here I am, Thomas. Put your hand in my heart. Put your hand in my heart where the Roman spear went. You'll know the pain. Because he told them, all the disciples, you're going to know the pain. Paul's like, oh my goodness, pain. Pain. When I'm weak, he is strong. You don't know? The Holy Ghost will. And he'll remind you of all things that I said to you. Now, this is a tricky passage for me because I get scared of this one. Because I often tell people, he'll remind you of what God has said to you. But if you don't know what God said to you to begin with, how can he remind you? <laughs> And that's why the spiritual disciplines are important. We need to be reminded of what God said. Therefore, we've got to get in the Word for the Holy Ghost to take that Word and make it alive in us. If we don't know what God says, how in the world can the Holy Ghost remind us? And that's what the Holy Ghost uses to teach us. God's Word. And it's God's Word that gives us that... Foundation that we sing about in Sunday school. That solid rock. So he says, going on in John 16, verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. They want to know the way. They want to know the way. Can't hear God? Can't hear Jesus? They're up there. Can't get reception? No network? Don't worry. The Holy Ghost has network. Just talk to Him. He's here. He knows. And He's with you. (laughs) If you've accepted, He's in you. (laughs) We talked about that last week. He's in you. The Holy Ghost! Doctors don't know. The Holy Ghost knows. Whatever you're facing, the Holy Ghost knows and He is with you, with you all the way and He will lead you. Goes on in verses 14 and 15. He shall glorify me for He shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. You can't get to Jesus because of all this junk that's blocking the, the New Testament authors, they understood like it's a traffic jam, like there's something going on with all these spiritual powers up there in the heavenlies. And so they try to get a signal through all of that. Because you've got to get through all of those things in the air. It's trying to like get... It's so hard. And Jesus said, Don't worry. The Holy Ghost is with you and he's got a direct connection, direct line to the Oval Office of Heaven. Don't worry. He's got you. You don't know what to say? The Holy Ghost knows what to say. You don't know how to pray? You can't even pray. The Holy Ghost has got you. Again, I keep telling you, go back to Revelation 4 and 5 and look at that model. There are myriads and myriads surrounding the throne of God every day, praying night and day. And there are people all around the world praying. There are people God gets up in China. Wakes them up in China. And they start praying for somebody in America. Probably you. They have no idea who you are, but God told them to pray. Can God get us up, as Larry says can God get us up and get us to pray for someone in China what kind of connectivity do we have to the Holy Ghost if you've lost your connection don't worry the Holy Ghost is here and he's connected so you haven't lost your connection all things that the Father hath are mine therefore said I that he shall take up mine and shall show it to you I got it from the Father I give it to the Holy Ghost the Holy Ghost gives it to you hey we're all good we're all good know that the sun is still shining despite the clouds or the liquid sunshine he goes on in John seventeen seventeen, sanctify them in the truth your word is truth and God will use the Holy Ghost by the word to cause everything we need to happen these are things that God said and they don't change but they will change your life it will change your life. If you can latch on to the promise of God. Because he said. Because God said. I'm not saying. Jesus says. I'm not even saying. I get this stuff from the father. And this is what this whole series is about. Is modeling what Jesus did. Jesus says. I only get it from the father. And I give it to the ghost. And the ghost gives it to you. In Matthew chapter seven, verse fourteen, says, "Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way." We were talking about the way in Sunday school—the way which leads them to life. Few be there that find it. Few find this way. Strange, because it's narrow. Few people find this way. I don't understand it, but very few people choose to find. They get so caught up in everything else, but they lose track. Because of all the distractions of this life, take them over and steal them away from this way. And we have got to buckle down and say, no, I am going this way, not another. In Hebrews, we've talked about this many times, beginning in verse 1 of chapter 12 therefore since we are surrounded by so great kind of witnesses he's talking about all those beings that went before and how they persevered and how they're up there in Revelation 4 5 they surrounded the throne of God they have done this we can use their example let us also just like they did let us lay aside every weight all these distractions it's time to lose weight (laughs) we had our trunk or treat now it's time to get rid of the trunk because of too many treats or wait, is this a trunk? I don't know. It's almost the size of a trunk. Lose weight! Lay aside every weight. And sin which clings to us so closely. See, we keep talking about weight and we're tired of waiting. W A I T. But God's saying that's the wrong weight. It's W E A E I G H T. I need you to lose that weight. I need you to continue waiting on me we got our weights messed up. And the sin which so, clings to us so closely. There's so much stuff sin in this world. There's sin in our lives. It's just all around us. And let us run with endurance. Let's not quit. That's what he's been talking about. In chapter 10 he said, don't quit. Chapter so 11 he said, see all these people? They didn't quit. Why would you quit? Read chapter 11. Read all those people, what they did. And how they didn't quit. Run with endurance. The race that is set before us. The the path that God has marked out for us. The narrow way. That way where you will be with the ghost. The Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Not all those other distractions. Not all those other spirits. He goes on in verse 2, he says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He starts it, he finishes it. He started it, and he's finishing it. He came and died on the cross and started you. And he will come again and finish it. But we're in the middle. (laughs) We're still in this race that he set out before us. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and sat down at the right hand throne of God. I like how the New Jerusalem Bible brings out the Greek here. He says, let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. It's a broken world. We live in a mess. How to deal with it? We fix a broken world. We deal with messes by fixing on the Messiah your eyes on Jesus. Not just look at once a casual glance. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about a way where Jesus is every part of your life, everywhere, that you talk to Jesus in Walmart. <laughs> I keep telling you that. Have those conversations with Jesus in Walmart. Yeah, but what will the people think? Well, maybe the Holy Ghost will come in there and then they'll think right. <laughs> maybe they'll be with you here next Sunday. <laughs> what will the people think? This person's crazy. No, the world is crazy. You're mad because you don't talk to God. I talk to God in Walmart. I'm the same one. We've got to shake things up, do things differently. Keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, who leads us in our faith and brings it to perfection. Who for the joy which lay ahead of him, the joy that laid ahead of him. If you walk this way, there's joy ahead of you. He endured the cross disregarding the shame of it has taken a seat at the right hand of God's throne and he's there and then he gave us the Holy Ghost who is with us now I want to use Romans uh, eight twenty nine here Romans eight twenty nine. it says uh, for whom he did foreknow he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren the image God is up there Jesus is seated up there Where he's up there, but here he is mirrored down here. God sent Jesus, God came down, and heaven is mirrored down here. Where here then also mirrors there, there mirrors here. We are connected. Christ has come down now. The Holy Ghost is here. Church is a place of rest. It's supposed to be like heaven. This is supposed to be like there. Here in the church is supposed to mirror what's happening in Revelation 4 and 5. The early people, the early church, that's how they operated. They took Revelation 4 and 5 as their model of how to have church. In the now until the not yet. That we have heaven now even as we wait for what's not yet. To experience heaven now. That's what I keep talking to you about. That we're made in the image of God, therefore we shine. Like the moon shines the light of the sun, and night, we shine the light of heaven now. Despite what we're facing. Despite what we're going through. New creation with Christ as the last Adam. To a new first family. The original Adam failed. Jesus came back to say, hey... Adam was made in the image of God, but he failed. He missed it. He was in Eden. Eden, and he was there in fellowship with God, but he lost it. Have you lost your connection? Be reunited in a new creation to the first family. Jesus restores what Adam lost. Jesus is the Alpha from Genesis 1.1 who gave the earth life to become earthlings. He took the mud, breathed his life into it, and we came alive. We came alive. It's modeled in birth. When a baby comes out, what do you do? You slap it. So what is it? It takes in God's life. It's modeled in birth. He's the Alpha. God then gives the world, Christ, in John 3.16, to bring us new creation. He's the image of God, Jesus. And we are to be conformed to that image. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And He's the only life worth living. As the Omega, then, Christ makes all things new in Revelation 21 when he comes, but he's still doing it now in us. In Romans 8, 29. He's still conforming us to the image of God. We still can bring heaven down in this fallen world. Between is Middle Earth. And in Middle Earth, we bring as much of the kingdom now until they not yet. As Jesus commanded us to pray in Matthew 6.10. Here upon the earth. As it is in heaven. Yes God is up there. Jesus is up there. But the Holy Ghost is down here. And we're down here. It's like they play cards right? You play cards? They're partners. Right? God the Father. God the Son. Holy Ghost. You. Partners. Partners in the game of life. Partners. Between then between our birth and death physically between us getting saved and us seeing Jesus face to face we live for Christ in the now. So God created man in his own image and the image God created him male and female created them. But before. Before that's what was supposed to be. Then what's happening? Behold, first John three two. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is the then. That's what's coming. I told you it's like the book. You have the cover, the front cover and the back cover, but our story is in the middle. Our story is in the middle. So, what's the now? We're in the middle. Who are we in the middle, though? We're like Christ. Christ is in the middle. First God, then Christ came and brought salvation, and then we have the coming again. We're with Christ in the middle. Like Christ in the wilderness, bringing in the kingdom, coming in now to preach the gospel to kind of chills. So, now what? Now what? Again, John 1.14 And the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory. The glory is the only Son from the Father full of grace and truth. Ooh, hallelujah! That glory that God has brought in Jesus he gave to us to share to the world. His word now is to be in us. Such that 1 Corinthians 3.16 says Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth thee? That Holy Ghost is in you. You've been made in the image of God as a believer, born again. So what does all that now mean? Now finally to our passage. In Matthew chapter 6, 25, Jesus puts this way Is not the life more? Is not the life more? It's a question. Or going Luke where I took it. The life is more. The life is more. Jesus said there is more. The life that you've been living. There's more he's telling them. There's more. To this life. Than just living and dying. When they sing that song. Any more, more on the radio. More to this life than living and dying. There's something more. And we're missing it. Between your birth and between your death, there's more. Just the front of the cover that you might look at the story. Oh, that's a nice book. You might read the back. Oh, that's nice. But the story in the middle is more. There's something dynamic inside that's happening, and we're after that more. My question this morning is Is our life here on earth more or less the same as the world? Is it more of God or less of God? Or the same? We're going to stay, stick with the same, do things the same way we have always done them and expect different results. And Einstein's going to say that won't work. We're going to do less and expect more. Are we going to get more of God? Because he says here life is more. He says the body is more. Luke 12, 23. The body is more. There's more to this. Again, the life is. More than? More than what? That's the question. Fill in the blank. Here, Jesus actually says more than meat. (laughs) You know, I'm doing this message, preparing this message. And my brother laid out 10 pounds of pork steaks and had me grill them. And I got so caught up in this message that I forgot about the meat and God got to eat the meat because it all went up in the sacrifice to God I burned it to a crisp why? because I was so caught up in life that's more than meat that I forgot about the meat on the grill because God began to speak to me I was like oh my goodness life is more than the meat 10 pounds of pork steaks gone in a hot minute and I must have had you know what is it NASA and their satellites seen the cloud of smoke or whatever I'm surprised Somebody didn't call the fire department. Why? Because I got caught up in the moor, not the meat. I forgot about the meat because I got caught up. Remember, calamity will hit you. Oh my goodness! And you'll have to stop. There's an accident. You'll have to stop. Traffic is jammed. Why? Because of calamity. But why don't we get stopped when God shows up? Why are we caught up in God like they were in Elvis Presley? You know. Why don't we get caught up in that king? Why don't we get caught up? Why doesn't that stop us? There's more than what you fill in the blank. What is more than and you fill in the blank? Is it meat? Is it what? I don't know. Is it problems? What is is in your blank? We're in a scale here. We're weighing the scales like this. What's on your scale that's weighing you down? He said lay aside every weight that so easily beset you. And put more of God. You got the weights. So put more of God. She's got weight. Her husband, the doctor said, your foot's gone. She's got a lot of weight on there. Oh my goodness. Well how's she going to bring that up? Put more of Jesus on the scale. More of Jesus because he's bigger. He weighs more than that. More of Jesus. And now, what does that do? Where do them problems are going? Instead of dragging you down, where are they going? The problems are going up where they belong, up in smoke, <laughs> like that meat. Life is more than me. It's more than this, and more than that. God wants to be so much stronger in your life. He wants to weigh more in your life, more value in Him, and not in these things. We keep filling these blanks. The life. What life? This is what we're talking about. This is what I'm trying to introduce to you. We often say that life, but the Greek has the word the, the life. The way. Not just any way. Not just any life but the life, not your life, not my life but the life, the life that God always wanted from the beginning when he gave Adam and said here I want you to have this life in my image I give you eat and I give you everything I want you to have this and from this I want you to experience more Adam, more what happened to Adam he got caught up in the meat had to have something to eat The life that Adam lost. The life that you and I have lost because we're distracted by the things of this world that keep dragging us down. The life can tip the scales when you put more of Christ. Get the Holy Ghost involved. Get God on there. And those burdens are lifted. Didn't we not sing that? Calvary. Calvary why because the weight
0: of the things of the kingdom of God
1: will elevate anything you're going through and put it where it belongs because he said cast your care upon me and I will carry you a big discussion with my nephews this week we have all kinds of wonderful theological discussions I'll use this illustration. This is not part of that discussion, but this is close to what they were saying. If I put on a backpack on Jubilee, like my nephew Richie has. Richie's got a backpack that weighs about 250,000 pounds. I don't know. The thing is huge. I put that backpack on Jubilee and she's got to carry that. But if I pick Jubilee up, And I got Jubilee and I've got the backpack. Who's carrying the backpack? Who's the wait upon? Because they were talking about that. If Richie picked up Randy and then Dad picked up R- R- Randy and Randy's got Richie, then who's, who's picking up what? What happens if Jubilee takes the backpack off and then puts it in my hand? And I got both Jubilee and the backpack, and she no longer has to have the backpack, but it's there with her. But she's not carrying it. That's what he means by cast your cares upon him. Why carry this load? Okay, we gotta, we got to have it. we got to go through this stuff in life, but why carry this load? Richie says, i got to have it for all my homework assignments at school. We're not saying that he can't have it. But if you're going to wear that backpack and wear that weight, you're going to be worn down. But if you just set that backpack down, if you're in the hand of God and you let that backpack down, and God is carrying you and the backpack, the job's still getting done. It's just that He's carrying it, both. So He said, Cast your cares upon me. Give me your backpack. And experience the life that I've always intended. The life that I intended for you. But we keep filling in that backpack with more useless stuff. We want to cram in this and cram in that. We need to take it all out. Do we really need to carry this? Do we really need to carry that? I'm like my mother, she has a kitchen sink in her purse. One of my early trips in Nepal, I had the kitchen. I had three kitchen sinks in my backpack. Then people said, "Lord, have mercy! You cannot ever do this again." We're going through mountains. Do you not understand? I had a laptop. I had this. I had all this stuff. Man, it's so heavy. Do you really need all that stuff? Creature comforts, but that's us Americans. We got to have everything, you know. Carrying around all this weight. And God is asking you this week. Do you really need to carry all this stuff? Is there something you can give to God? Is there something you can delete from your life? Is there somewhere where you can say, Okay, I'm going to set that down and I'm going to pick up more of Jesus. I'm going to spend a few more minutes with Jesus and a little bit less with that. Is there somewhere where we can turn the scales around and we can add more of Jesus and start lifting those burdens up to Calvary? that's what God is after after (laughs) for all these things the nations of the world seek after your father knoweth that you have need of these things he's not denying it he knows you need this but rather you seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added I'll take care of those things but first you put the kingdom first Matthew says first seek ye first the kingdom of God take care of those things but put me first and let's do this together as a family remember I said first family let's do this together as a family that's what God's asking, let's pray, Father we have journeyed through this life and it's wearisome and it's toilsome it's a struggle we're carrying such a heavy load and we forget that you are carrying us that we're in your hand And we can let down that backpack. We can let down that weight. And we can experience more of you. The weight of this world has distracted us from you. Accidents happen and we have to stop dead in our tracks. But why don't we stop dead in our tracks for you? Because you're greater than anything. If the President of the United States was to come down 140, we'd all have to stop because they'd shut us down. But you are the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, God of all gods, you, and we don't stop dead in our tracks for you because we don't have time for you. And we're going to give all our time to these problems and other things that really don't matter. Help us, Father, to then, this week, start sorting out what we really want to carry. Well, we really want to take out that door. Maybe there's something we need to leave at the altar. So we can come back next Sunday and experience communion with you. And we need to lay aside all the weight that doesn't matter. Use some weight. And grab a hold of those things which do matter. And experience the more that you have because we don't want to be the same and we certainly don't want less we want the more because all the world sees is more or less the same from us Christians as they see from themselves because we have cast aside the more to live less and you offer us so much more let us take that more and walk out of here walk in light walking in the light and experiencing your grace in this place to trust you more. In Jesus, my name we pray. Hallelujah. Amen.
0: We hope you enjoyed this broadcast. You can find out more about us at dken.cc. That's d-k-e-n dot c We look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you.